You don't know how many times companies ignore that because they don't see that as worth their time, but that's worth their weight in gold because that's someone within their industry that's excited about them. Just keep pulling the string. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today, we are going to discuss more about your market, how you can prepare for future. It's very important today because it's unpredictable, but you can use a lot more insights how to do it right. I'm so excited to discuss all these topics with Amanda. How are you? Yeah, I remember you spoke on my podcast. You shared a lot of valuable insights, but that was a few years ago. If I'm right, I don't remember exactly. So I needed a few years to get you back <laughs> to learn more <laughs> about that. I know one way we can follow you to learn more about you. But anyway, Amanda, I have new listeners for this time. Uh, tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help uh, our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. Well, First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show again. It has been a few years, so I really appreciate it. Um, I'm Amanda Normine, uh, and I run Normine Lombard. Uh, that is an executive recruiting firm uh, that specializes in the consumer goods market. Uh, and I also am the executive director of Columbia County Hub, which is a nonprofit that is focused on elevating opportunity for youth. And so this topic is near and dear to my heart. Because in my professional life, I help people get jobs. And uh, in my personal, my passion is really helping young people not make mistakes when it comes to, you know, getting started. So uh, I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, yeah, I have no idea how to avoid mistakes. I always do them all the time. <laughs> I, I think it's the best way to learn anything new. For example, when I started PR. Uh, I wrote a bunch of press releases. I pitched all of them. I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. Then I learned how it works. I hired experts who can write great press releases. I hired someone who can pitch them. We created the process and today we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, many big websites, even more. We counted how much money we can save because mm -hmm. we paid before PR agencies and today we can save plus three million dollars you know a year because we can do everything uh, yeah. themselves we don't need any help uh, and uh, of course we pay for tools uh, of course we pay for writing press releases but it's like seven percent of all this money you know and we yeah. I, I think we even get much better results than with PR agencies because they usually hire bloggers, journalists, but we hire experts in one specific niche who can provide much better results. Uh, yeah, something yeah. like this. So, uh, Amanda, anyway, I want to speak more about uh, avoiding mistakes. Can you tell more how to avoid mistakes? Because I, I have no idea. I usually do them. Or probably you have some ideas how to avoid some part of mistakes. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I think the big part is you're absolutely right. Mistakes are really key in learning right? You have to, you have to screw up in order to move forward. And the problem is some of these mistakes, um, and we'll use college 
as an example. Uh, sometimes young people, when they're going into the job market, they're, they're just checking boxes, right? They're saying, okay, now I've finished high school. Now I go to college, then I do this. And they have things out of order. And so it's not a mistake that necessarily they're doing the things they're doing, but they're doing them backwards. And so they can't adequately learn from those mistakes. And so that's the big thing for me uh, when it comes to young people is before you jump in and, and really commit to something that could be a mistake, try little things. Um, you know, little, little mistakes are easier to learn from than a big one. Um, and so that's really where, where we stand when it comes to young people entering the job market. I, I, you know, people need to know who they are, what they want to do. To your point, if you're someone that loves learning and, you know, wants to be able to do a little bit of everything, getting a career doing just one thing might not be for you. You might be an entrepreneur or, you know, you might be bound for something different. Soft skills really matter. Yeah, nice. Love it, love it. You mentioned about college and I want to ask this question. It's host topic in my family. Uh, you know, uh, I learned a lot about colleges. Uh, basically, yeah, I graduated uh, in two universities. But uh, today I can help with marketing. I can help with SEO. But my degree is about finance. And uh, um, I speak with my son, 15 years old. And he told me he doesn't want to take any college. Uh, he wants to sign a professional contract to be a great soccer player, better than Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, and uh, of course, I want to see this future. Um, I want to help with that. But um, I'm interested about college. You know, uh, I see when people, uh, great people, successful entrepreneurs, drop colleges like Elon Musk, like Bill Gates, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, name them. My, many great people drop colleges. And uh, for me, uh, I think it's a good idea if you work in marketing, content creation. Really, you don't need the college. I, I, I prefer to cooperate with people who create content on Instagram, YouTube, than to hire someone who have this degree in marketing but have no idea how to create content. Uh, I think yes. it's sense if you want to be a doctor yeah you, you need to have college you need to get this education if you want to be a lawyer probably yes you need it but for marketing many other niches you don't think so tell your tips college what do you think uh, it's a good idea today it's obsolete any insight no, you are you're doing a great job you're absolutely right i mean there are definitely jobs where college is necessary if i'm going to go have surgery I really hope that that surgeon has been to college and actually did well, right? That's where grades matter, all of that matters. But if you're building my house, you actually probably are not a kid that did great in college. You're someone that's great with your hands. Um, the architect is probably a, a college bound person, but not the contractor. And the way that I suggest people look at it is college is a tool just like anything else, right? If you are a carpenter by trade, you're going to spend a lot of money on your hammer. If you're me and I just want to hang a picture, I don't need a big old bad hammer. I just need a little one. Your college degree is the same thing. You need to know how you're going to use it. If you have no idea how you're going to use it, don't get one. 
Um, I think it's crazy, but here in the United States, one third of everyone with a college degree that is working, one third of them didn't need the degree. Means that they're either working in a space that the degree is irrelevant or they're working in a job that didn't require it at all. So they're paying the bill for this tool that they really didn't need and honestly may have given them bad habits. College can be a lot of fun, but it doesn't necessarily train you for what the job the job market demands as far as a way of life. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, Amanda, today I use a lot ChatGPT, other AI tools, and we got great results with AI. Uh, and But I see different scenario for many marketers who lost jobs because of AI. I don't think that AI replaced them. I think uh, someone who adapted with AI can replace them. I mean, like like me, because if I don't use ChatGPT to grow my results, that means someone can replace me. So I need to do it. I need to think how to uh, change approaches that I have. And yeah. today on ChatGPT, I can ask, please write me my resume, write me cover letter, anything. So tell how to use this tool in the correct way. I mean, like to get results, because if I ask on ChatGPT, probably I can get generic resume, generic SV, anything. Yes. ChatGPT is great. It's a it's a great tool um, for doing a lot of things. And what you do marketing, absolutely. But when it comes to your job, your career, if you're going to go work for someone, that's such a human thing, right? It's just it's something that a computer can't replicate. But it is a great tool, again, kind of like the college degree. When it comes to applying for jobs, most companies use AI to screen resumes. And if yours doesn't have the right words, you're not you're never going to be seen. So absolutely use ChatGPT to write your cover letter and feed it all of the language that the job post had in it. So it's actually going to mimic what is said, but then have your resume be very targeted to you. Um, but, but use that AI to kind of fool itself. Um, because if you don't get through that fence, a real human will never even see your resume to begin with. Yeah. It's interesting about cover letter. My brother said me that he didn't submit his resume to uh, job applications mm -hmm. if uh, that was requirement to uh, to add your cover letter. When ChatGPT appealed, <laughs> he <laughs> just generated all these texts and send them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Well, and, and I think that is also the downside for companies. Mm -hmm. Because if you are relying on ChatGPT to represent you, when it comes to day one and you are representing you, they're yeah. expecting something different. So that's why I always say, be very careful how you use it. Use it to get through the front line, but then you need to be you. I've seen a lot of companies that hire somebody that they think they need, but when they actually start, they're like, whoa, 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 this is not what we needed. And it has to do with how they represent themselves and what we see behind a screen versus what we see in real life. Yeah, nice, nice. Amanda, I want to ask about this uh, bad hiring, uh, wrong choices. And um, according to data, plus 
60%, if I remember correctly, plus 60%, probably even 69% of companies uh, make this uh, wrong choices to hire people. So tell how to avoid it or how to minimize this percent if we can't get 0%. So any tips how to minimize this risk? <laughs> so what... I mean, people hire us all the time. And what I think is funny is I have clients that come to us, they'll pay us tens of thousands of dollars to bring them one person. And when we're going through our process, some of the best people have actually already applied directly to them and they never got a call back. And why that's crazy to me is these companies, my clients could actually have the people we bring them for free if they had the time to sift through all of the stuff, it is so hard to hire. And so it is tempting to use AI. It is tempting to use these tools to make your life easier. But what we tell our clients is what makes your life easier today doesn't always make your life easier tomorrow. And that's what makes firms like ours very relevant because we do not use AI at all. Um, I mean, we have our own tools internally that we use to sift through our data, but it's all collected by humans because there's when you tell me something that you've done in the past, you you can't understand it if you're a computer, right? I can actually understand the implications of what you're saying. And that's so important when you're hiring someone. So I think skipping that is such a mistake. It's one of those ones that companies are learning from right now. Yeah, you said about uh, bringing people for free. Can you explain more about that? I mean, like you can help companies to find people and don't charge money for that. Yeah, it's funny how, um, and especially, I mean, we work in a space where it's with brands, big names that people know, and they, they know these companies. But what companies don't realize is that if you're a good company, this is right, then you're known for something. Maybe you have a great culture. Maybe you have a great environment. People want to work for you and they're watching what's going on. So when you post an ad or when you post something, that superstar person might be interested, but then they apply along with a thousand other people. And then they get missed because they're in with the thousand of other people. Um, And so it's so important that you put value in really looking at the people that are looking at you Um, because you always get those ones that just apply online, but you have your social media, you have to your point, you know, marketing is huge. Don't rely on a job post, rely on direct contact and communication. If I make a post on LinkedIn, for example, and say, Hey, we're looking for this. People don't apply. They message me. And they say, hey, Amanda, I could do that. Tell me more. And you don't know how many times companies ignore that because they don't see that as worth their time. But that's worth their weight in gold because that's someone within their industry that's excited about them. Just keep pulling the string. Uh, I'm interested more. I'm interested more. And uh, let me explain why. Because I cooperate with recruiters, uh, recruiting companies. And for me, it's tough to explain about... uh, uh, experts that I need to my team and uh, can you tell for example you're a recruiter uh, and can help to find a job but how you check uh, these people uh, their requirements uh, because 
for me, it's tough if I have no experience with specific topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I ask, for example, let's imagine I need a link builder who can do uh, outreach about uh, list resources. If you have no idea how to do it, how you can check candidates that they can do this job? So what I always suggest is, um, if I mean, the way that we approach it is we say, who else is doing this? Mm-hmm. Who else is doing what I want to do? And then I look at the people that are, that are doing this right now. So look at your competition. If you're in, in digital marketing and you want to do sales, well, who's doing business development for those big marketing firms? And then send them a message and mm-hmm. be like, hey, I am growing. You know, the one thing that people are really interested in right now is being valued. It used to be money. It used to be, I want more vacation. But people really want to be valued and want an opportunity to grow something. So if you send them a message and just dangle that little carrot of opportunity in front of them, chances are they'll be willing to jump on a phone call with you. And you would be amazed at what you can have if you just ask, right? If you just go to that person like, man, I wish that I could have the salesperson that that company has. Well, have you called them and asked? Because they might not be happy. Most people that we call are not happy with their jobs. That's why they take our call. They'll take your call too. It's just a lot of people aren't willing to be that vulnerable to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And can you tell how uh, to prepare yourself? Because, you know, I ask a few questions uh, like uh, business owner, but I want to help uh, who uh, someone who is looking for a job. So tell how to make this preparation. Uh, and, uh, for example, if I check list of requirements, uh, can uh, understand my credentials, but... Uh, if I see that I can't satisfy all intent, but I can satisfy some intent, is it a good idea to submit your resume uh, at any way? Uh, and how to prepare yourself to, uh, I don't know, to sell yourself? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I, I always say, even if you don't meet all the requirements, if you meet most of them, if you can do what they're wanting this job to do, absolutely apply. But the key thing is don't apply for things that you are not relevant to, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a store clerk and you are checking groceries out, don't apply for a national sales job. That's not you. Um, Because then no one will ever take you serious at that company if they see you come through for something relevant. But the biggest way to stand out is think about how what you're doing right now is relevant to what you want to do in the future. So say that you have a sales job open, right? If I were to reach out to you, I would tell you, oh, you need to hire me because I can get this account for you. I can do this for you. You need to understand what your value is to the person you're talking to and really have that in your back pocket. Um, A lot of times we interview people and they don't even know the company um, or the the product line that that they're interviewing for. And that is such a turnoff. Do your homework and be able to sell yourself as to what is the value here. Yeah, of course, a hundred percent. I I love it, love it. Uh, Amanda, I want to ask about your strong side, and I found that all recruiters have uh, some strong sides. 
uh, or uh, focus on specific niche. Uh, tell about your strong side. Why you're better than other recruiters, million recruiters that we can find today? Sure. Well, a big part is we are very focused. Um, so mm -hmm. we only work with consumer goods, CPG companies. Um, so if they have a physical product. Um, so it really allows me to understand their needs. I understand supply, operations, customer service, retailers. Um, what I find is when there's recruiters that are a little bit of everything, um, they're not as good because you you can be a jack of all trades, master of none. Of course. We are a master of our trade. Yeah, nice, nice, love it. Uh, you know, I opened your LinkedIn profile because I love to open LinkedIn profiles and I see <laughs> this background, uh, unique background that uh, you, probably you and someone can watch to the window. Can you tell why you're watching to this window? <laughs> I, I Do you see hope there or anything? <laughs> sure. So that it, that's uh, my business partner that's with me in the LinkedIn profile. And we're actually just in Portland and we were looking out as we were, at, it was a, a planning meeting was that, uh, that picture was, we were kind of planning the future strategy. Uh, we had launched a software and um, it was one of our team members caught that picture and I thought, oh, it was kind of fun because it was like a foreshadowing picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it, got it. Uh, Amanda, tell your methods how to find uh, great uh, candidates for companies. So uh, do you use LinkedIn or any other methods to find these people? Uh, LinkedIn is really our core of meeting new people and using research. Um, but we have our, our own database where uh, we keep contacts that we meet in person. I love trade shows. You will absolutely find me at consumer goods trade shows. Um, we're usually walking around with our mascot. Uh, we're going to be at the firearms trade show at SHOT Show in January. Um, it, what, in two weeks? It is January. So here in two weeks. Um, in March, we're going to be at Expo West, the natural food show. And so... Um, that's another place that we love to connect with people. So if you're within our industry, look for us at the trade shows and uh, come say hi. We'll have some swag for you. Yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> love it, loud. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'll I'll submit your link in the description. So yeah, guys, if you Perfect. wanna find more, you can uh, learn. Uh, Amanda, let's talk about uh, outreach. You know, uh, I love to uh, outsource people and use email to outreach them because uh, I can't hire all great people, but I cooperate with great experts who can write for Forbes, uh, Bloomberg, big, big websites, Investopedia, because we help in investing uh, trading niche. And um, uh, I usually outsource these people uh, and uh, I don't care their location. I, I just need quality stuff, quality yeah. content. So tell about uh, personalization uh, and about outsourcing. Uh, do you recommend uh, companies to outsource people to, fire, uh, to hire remotely? Or uh, if some companies have this policy, now we only hire in the US and nothing else. We ignore other markets and uh, we don't cooperate remotely. We just want to see them in the office. So any tips about modern market? So I think it comes down to your company culture and your need. Um, some companies, it's so hard to outsource because of the way that they operate. And it is just a frustration. Bigger companies, outsourcing is a great way to get the most out of your money. Um, so I highly recommend it. 
But one thing that I'm sure you've learned through outsourcing is if you're not prepared to manage that outsourced asset, it's a waste of money. It has to be managed like it is an internal asset. And that's where people go wrong. They think that they've outsourced yeah. something and it's just done. You really have to make sure that it's done and, and still plan management time for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I love this way because for me, it's tough to hire someone who can write for Forbes. They have enough money. Uh, they have enough job yeah. and these people are not looking for a jobs, but uh, these people can create great content. They, they know yeah. how to create content. So uh, if I can't hire them, I can uh, bring extra job. So people are yeah. looking for passive income. So it's a good way to cooperate with them. Uh, creative is great. Yeah. If you're talking design, creative, um, where it gets dangerous is when you outsource sales or operational pieces, because that's part of, you know, that's part of what keeps your company flowing. Um, but I, I, we actually outsource a lot of creative stuff because you find amazing talent across yeah. the globe. Who cares? who's drawing your ad or who's, you know, writing this, as long as it is understandable and represents you. I don't care if you're, if you're in Ireland or if you're in the United States, you know, just whoever can do it best. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Amanda, let's talk about the future. You know, uh, for me, it's tough to predict the future. I use my crystal ball, but, uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> my doesn't work i i tried a few times uh when i i thought that crypto uh, will go down it's going up so <laughs> that's okay you know it's part of the market uh and i want to ask about future jobs what do you think your prediction because uh after covid we saw the tendency that uh people started to work remotely uh, many companies accepted to then they switch attention. No, no, you need to go to the office. But what about future? What do you think? Uh, what kind of future will be in uh, this job market? So I think that um, it's going to go back the way that, you know, we've kind of seen it starting already, where a lot of companies want at least their executive team back in place. Uh, a lot of companies are struggling to get everyone on board because some people work great remotely. Some don't. And when your executive staff isn't all on the same page, it's hard to operate. So I think we're going to see those type of roles come back in office. Sales roles will probably still stay remote, um, but more and more people are going to go back in office. And I know that that is not making a lot of, yeah. at least not making a lot of America happy. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my company, people can work everywhere. Uh, I, even if I lose some money, even if I lose some results, I want to make them happy. And yeah. uh, I have one reason. Um, a few years ago, uh, we worked on a big project. So basically, we were looking for ways how to earn good money. Uh, and uh, at that time, I didn't have enough time to handle the process in my team and toxic environment appealed. A few good players left my company. That was tough experience. Uh, and I started to learn, to research, and got it. Toxic environment. Uh, 
and uh, of course i changed my approaches and i want to ask you about toxic environment uh, what do you think uh, how founders ceo need to handle the process to avoid such things like toxic environment because according to data people uh, don't leave uh, bad companies they leave uh, bad bosses and uh, i learned I, I got my lesson. I learned from that. Uh, so I want to be much better uh, boss. But uh, tell uh, for founders, CEOs, how to handle the process to make all your employees happy. I always say that when you bring someone into your company, when you're hiring someone, you need to evaluate them like you're bringing them into your family because it is a relationship. Um, and if this person is inherently different than everyone else in your group, they're probably not going to fit in. And I know that at least here in the States, we run into issues with everything from, you know, fairness and diversity, all of these topics when it comes to hiring, which are absolutely important to have fairness in hiring. But cultural understanding is so important. And if someone does not match your company culture for any reason, it isn't going to work. Not for them, not for you. And I think that's what a lot of companies lose sight of. Um, they start focusing on, again, checking boxes or making sure that they have all of these pieces, even if some of them don't fit. And that's where people, they feel alienated. Or they don't, you know, they don't enjoy it. And that can have to do with anything. That can have to do with everything from belief systems to someone that maybe doesn't like going out where everybody else does. Your environment has to feel safe for everyone in it. And, um, and so you really need to consider that as you're bringing new people in. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Valuable. Amanda, you have great energy. I can feel it. You know, you are smiling, <laughs> you are positive. And, uh, um, I think it's important to love what you do. And if people are smiling, that means they love what they do. Absolutely. They have this passion. And, uh, I have students in my network who are looking for ways to become great experts uh, to have this passion, to have this energy, uh, to smile. <laughs> so tell what will you do today if you started from scratch? Uh, you know, I think if I were to start from scratch today, the biggest thing is you just got to follow what you love. You got to follow mm -hmm. what makes you smile. Um, don't follow the money. Don't follow if someone says, oh, you can, if you do this, you're going to be rich. Doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the world. If you don't smile, it's not worth it. Follow what makes you happy. And that's yeah. that's what I would do at all costs. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, another bad story from my experience when uh, I decided to earn out of money. Basically, we found marketing gap, market gap, and we decided to fill this gap. Uh, and I hired a big team, uh, wasted three years. Three years. And at that time, I hated monday i love friday and i got it no way i will never take any project because of chasing money you need to enjoy you need to love what you do if you have no passion leave it you will never regret just find your passion and money will come wealth will come if you love what you do because you can't overwork others i can work on sunday evening Saturday night because I love it. You know, it's I can sacrifice my hobbies because my job is my hobby. And Amanda, let's talk about your daily routine. Can you tell your schedule, uh, how you uh, schedule 
all your events. Uh, so a, a, any tips how to do it right? So getting up early is the key to life. I get up at 4 a.m. Um, and I love that time because there's no kids, no, uh. no anything but me. Um, and admittedly, I used to use that time to go to the gym. Haven't been doing that lately, so I can't really attest to that. But I just love my morning time. Um, it gives me time. And then I do have young ones, so I get them off to school. Um, but by 8 a.m., I'm up in my home office. Uh, I do work from home, but I have my own space that's set aside. Highly recommend that for anyone that's working from home so you feel like you're up in your space. Um, and then I'm kind of at the mercy of my clients. Uh, we use a lot of automated scheduling through Calendly. And so I'm at the world's mercy until about five o'clock. And, um, and then I really shut down work to be with family. Um, I'm a big, a big proponent of spending time with family, um, everybody having dinner at the dinner table. I have teenagers now, so they're not super excited about that. Um, but, uh, but that's usually, you know, I really try to segment my day so that I can focus on the things that matter and that everything has its time. Um, COVID made that difficult because everything blurred together, but I'm getting more on that schedule now that, you know, there's normalcy that has been, uh, <laughs> has been brought again. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Amanda, it's a big pleasure to get on my show. I love this experience. So valuable. I invite you more often than one time in three years. So if you want to bring more value, I love it. Guys, if you want to uh, learn more, you can follow Amanda on LinkedIn. You can find uh web link in the description below. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Sure. Um, you can uh, stay up to date. LinkedIn's a great way to connect with me directly. Um, you can also stay up to date um, by following our uh, blogs online. So normindlombard.com um, and also legallypoached.com. Um, the legally poached is firearms while the other is CPG. Um, but that's where you see all of our openings and um, would definitely love to connect directly with all of you. Awesome, awesome. Guys, you can find all links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Amanda, thanks again. Love it. So valuable. You know how to share this energy, how to share value, how to help others to find a much better way. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.